Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, I'm going to take a deeper dive into the Bengals schedule and do what I kind of like to do every year, which is separate it into four sections and just kind of analyze how I think each section is going to go. Of course, you can't really tell right now because a lot can happen between now and September, but I think it's still a fun exercise. And kind of like with anything, if you compartmentalize things, it's a lot easier to break it down and analyze. This is Lyle Collins, and listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I'd like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. I'll tell you, as summer approaches, things are heating up. I'm seeing constant Instagram posts of Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow sprinting, Joe Burrow passing. You're seeing the offensive linemen blocking, our receivers catching footballs, the rookies out on the field. It's coming soon. And with this episode, reviewing the schedule, it's not just reviewing the schedule. It's reviewing our path to the playoffs and eventually the Super Bowl. All right, so I live in a pretty busy town that's right on the waterfront. I have an apartment that's on the second floor that overlooks the water. Really cool place. And it overlooks a bar that's right next to me. And the bar is just crazy loud all the time. And, you know, it's a fun environment. I like my town. It's it's almost like a little mini New York City for the, the few blocks that is like the beach area. But uh, the bar apparently has closed down, and I have a little bit of peace of mind because sometimes I have to schedule my recordings for when the bar is not hopping because you can hear the noise, and I want the podcast to be, 
you know, as professional and isolated sound-wise as possible. So I just want to let you guys know I'm in a pretty good mood right now because I'm not sure if they're closed temporarily or permanently, but I get a little bit of a break right now and I can record freely without having to worry about background noise. Maybe the occasional motorcycle that zips on by, which I'm sure you guys have heard in previous episodes, but I can deal with that. I'll just edit it out. All right, so there's not much news to report before I get into the schedule breakdown. You know, you're seeing things from OTAs every day. Like I said, I saw the video of Joe Burrow sprinting, looking spry and and quick. They're saying they like what they see out of Jordan Battle already, which is really good. You know, we want to see him try to win that safety position and, and be a mainstay here for a long time. Nick Scott is, of course, in the mix. And Nick Scott had some good things to say about Joe Burrow, although he did say that Joe Burrow's a little thinner than he thought. You got to watch what you say, Nick. Be careful, because you're talking about royalty here. Really, the only news I have to report is with Jonah Williams out, we're seeing a rotation at right tackle. It's looking like Jackson Carmen is the number one guy, and Cody Ford is also getting a fair shake there, too. So there's a lot of options. You know, I mean, Jonah, when he's healthy, he's probably going to be in that mix. He's probably going to be their number one. Maybe Jackson Carmen can steal that from him. We'll see. You know, he looked good at the end of last year, like we talked about. Cody Ford, his natural position is right tackle, so that could be big. And then you have Lyle Collins coming back, hopefully midseason or so. So the other four positions on the offensive line are set, and they look to be not just set, but like pretty quality. And with all these options at right tackle, I, I can't see it failing. One of these guys has to work out, and if there's problems, there's enough guys to put in there to just try to find that right guy. And Willie Anderson is at the spring practices too, so that's not going to hurt those right tackles learning from one of the best of all time. All right, so on to the schedule. I talked about some of the things last time when I did a quick blast, you know, the nine home games versus the eight road, the bye week happening week seven, seven one o'clock games and ten non-one o'clock games, much to my dismay. As I told you, I love those one o'clocks. Kansas City week 17, I'm not crazy about it. They have four prime times, two national games, a couple flexes. The last three games are going to be pretty tough at Pitt, at KC, Browns. So those are the things I reviewed last time. A few more quick observations on the schedule before we start breaking it down. We start with the Browns. We end with the Browns. It's opening with a road divisional game, closing with a home divisional game. Take it for what you will. I think those are going to be important games. We have a couple long road trips, which we don't see a lot of, although I think the Bengals are traveling the fewest miles of any team. And it's not just the scheduling gods being nice to us. It's kind of the proximity of Cincinnati, almost in the middle of the country, driving distance from a lot of NFL cities, you know, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Indy, I mean, Cleveland, they're all kind of right there. So as far as the long road trips and the the out-of-the-time zone games, which I think affect you the most, we're going to Arizona, we're going to San Francisco. Those are two long trips, the longest ones, and a time zone change. And then we're going down to Jacksonville, which isn't a time zone change, but it's still a pretty long trip. So those are the three that we have this year. Everything else is either home or pretty close. So that's good stuff. Three times during the season, we have back-to-back home games. And three times during the season, we have back-to-back road games. So that's really not an edge either way there. Uh, As far as the non-divisional games, the toughest ones are going to be Bills at home, at San Francisco, at Kansas City. So I think those are the three toughest games on the schedule. Although anything in your division is going to be a dogfight for the most part. The extra NFC game, we play the first place Vikings from last year. And then as far as the preseason goes, we're playing three teams we don't normally play. The Packers, at Atlanta, at Washington. And I kind of like that. And of course, they give you two preseason road games if you have nine regular season home games. It's for ticket sales, so you have an even number of home and road games for your ticket sales and your schedule. 
but it's nice to see us play teams that we don't normally play. And I think the NFL should adopt that and use that for preseason. All right, so let's get down to the schedule. We're going to break it into four quarters. So the first four games, at Cleveland, home against the Ravens, home against the Rams, at Tennessee. Tough starting out with two divisional games. And again, sometimes you lose the one on the road, you win the one at home. This could go either way. But to take the Cleveland game in particular, they have a rebuilt defensive line, which is probably going to be really good this year. I want to catch them early before they get a chance to fully get in stride. So if you're going to play Cleveland at Cleveland, I think there's no better time than week one. You're preparing for it all summer, all through training camp. That's You have your eyes set on that game. You come out of there, you have a, a divisional road win, which is huge. You know, we get that Cleveland jinx off of our back, which we, we appeared to last year. But, you know, they're going to be a bigger threat than a lot of people think. Then we go to the Ravens. They have the Texans at home week one. So I'm just looking for any edge that we can have. So if you think about it, they're playing the Texans, who are probably going to be near the bottom of the league unless those draft picks really, really come through and and they somehow rebuilt. I mean, you just never know with teams. But on paper, it looks like the Ravens are going to pretty much stomp through that game. And that's good. Let them have an easy first game. And, you know, like if you play a certain level of competition and the next week you're playing the class of the NFL, that's a big smack in the face. So we'll, we'll hope that that's our advantage over the Ravens in that game. Not just us being a better squad, not just us having a better quarterback, but they have a, a soft first game where we have kind of an iron sharpens iron first game. So maybe we'll be a little bit more prepared when we face Baltimore. Rams at home, Monday night football. I cannot wait to get revenge on that organization. I think I went six to nine months without saying that name out loud after the Super Bowl. But I think in this case, the Bengals are going to dominate because the Rams are a shell of what they were. I can't even believe that Stafford is still playing at this point. And then we go down to Tennessee, and they're still trying to sort out their quarterback issues. And that's another one. So if you take those first four games, you'd like to go 3-1. and one. I mean, we'd like to go 4-0, and oh, agreed. But if we go 3-1 and one with a divisional win there, I think that's going to set the tone for the season. All right, the second group of four games. So we're going to Arizona. We have the Seahawks at home, a bye week, at San Fran, home against the Bills. This is kind of a sweet and sour quarter of the season, if I can use some weird term I've actually never used. But at Arizona... I don't know. I don't think they have the talent to match up with Cincy. Of course, it is a long road trip. You just never know what can happen. It's a 4 o'clock game, body clocks, all that stuff. But on paper, we should be able to take Arizona. And I think not just on paper, but on grass or turf, I think we should be able to take Arizona. Seahawks at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. game. Now, they're the ones flying halfway across the country, coming into Paycor Stadium. Good luck, Seattle, in that one. And then we have the bye week, which is a little bit early for my taste, but, you know, it'll help us heal over those first six games and let us get into a nice run, especially with San Fran and the Bills coming up. So a good way to rest up and maybe heal some players that are a little banged up before two of your hardest games. After the bye, we go to San Francisco. So I think that's a good time to take a long road trip like that when you're well-rested, and hopefully that works to our advantage. I'm still not sold on San Francisco as a franchise. I know they have the offensive weapons. I know they're going to be killer on that defensive line. They're strong defensively. They can run the ball. They have a good offensive line. I mean, I, and they have good coaching. So maybe I'm, I'm talking backwards here by saying that they don't scare me that much. But it comes down to quarterback. I know Purdy had that amazing year last year, but he's rehabbing an elbow, and that doesn't heal overnight. Sometimes you're never the same after that. And then Trey Lance is a big mystery. I don't know if he's ever going to get in their starting lineup. And then they picked up Darnold, and then Brandon Allen goes out there. I don't even know. I understand Brandon Allen's leaving the Bengals for more money 
with all due respect, good riddance. But you're going to go to a team that has three guys ahead of you on the depth chart that are clearly ahead of you, that you will absolutely never start over. Questionable move for him, but that might hurt us a little bit because I don't think anyone knows Joe Burrow as well as Brandon Allen because he's been in the quarterback's room with him for so long and he's almost been like his coach on the field. So he knows our offense. He's going to have a little bit of intel. So that could be a thing that hurts us in that game. But now we're coming off a bye, and San Francisco's coming off at Vikings Monday Night Football. So technically, they're playing on a short week, and we're playing on a long break. So let's use every little thing we can to our advantage. We're going to need it for that game, regardless of who's quarterbacking for them. Then the opposite happens to us the next week. Bills coming into Cincinnati, you know, another match of the Titans, the most anticipated regular season game of last year, it appeared. And hopefully we have their number just like we did last year. So breaking down that segment, at Arizona, Seahawks, at San Fran, Bills. At worst, you want to split this. I mean, you have to take Arizona and you have to take the Seahawks. But if you really want to be a contender and show the league that you belong in the Super Bowl or deep into the playoffs, you want to go 3-1, and 4-0 here. If you want to give away the San Francisco game, long road trip, great opponent, you can't go 17-0 and 0 probably. You know, we're looking at hopefully 3-1 and 1 here. So if you go through these first eight games, I don't think we're going to be any less than 6-2. and two, And I think we have a shot at being even a little bit better than that. And you know what? Even if it's five and three, even if it's four and four, and I don't think it's going to be either of those, they're not killer because we've shown being a four and four team and going to the Super Bowl a couple years back. And five and three, you know, you're a couple games above 500. So neither one of those scenarios hurt, but I think it's more likely that we're going to be six and two or seven and one. And man, look out if we're eight and oh. All right, the next grouping of four games Texans come to Cincinnati. Then we have a Thursday night game against Baltimore. Steelers at 1 p.m., and then at Jaguars for Monday Night Football. So this segment, four games, two of them are primetime night games, so schedules are going to be a little bit off for us. You know, you don't have that consistency, 1 o'clock every week. You know, you're playing on a Thursday night, you're playing on a Monday night, you got 1 o'clock games mixed in there. So schedule-wise, time-wise, it's a little bit of a distraction. But as far as playing those teams, you better beat the Texans. Thursday night at Baltimore, they're home against the Browns the week before. So we kind of have the flip on what we did in the beginning with them, where we kind of have the easy game before we play them. They have the tougher game before they play us. So I'm not going to give the edge to anyone there. Baltimore is at home, but Cincinnati is a better team. Then we go on to the Steelers at home. We have a better roster than them. Again, that could be an injury game. You always look out for TJ Watt and that whole squad. You just never know with those guys. They are a physical team. They had a great draft. They have skill position players. It's just I keep going back to, can Kenny Pickett beat Joe Burrow? And then at Jaguars, Monday Night Football. Jaguars had a good year last year, but for some reason, maybe I'm just going on past reputation, they don't really scare me that much. They have a talented yet unknown roster, and the Trevor Lawrence experiment seems like it's working over there, and they're, they're getting better. So that's not going to be a pushover game, but I do not fear Jacksonville, whether we play there, whether we play here, or whether we play in London. So breaking down that group, Texans at home, at Baltimore, Steelers at home, at Jags. You got to go 3-1 and one there, too. I mean, just let's just go 3-1, and 3-1, and 3-1 and right there. You're a 9-3 team, and I think we have a shot at being better than that. And in this grouping, you have two divisional games, so you want to at least get one of those. You want to get the home game if you drop the road game, but a very good chance that we're going to get both of those. And let's make a statement on Thursday night and let our stars shine. 
the nation is starting to see these guys. But in this set, through the halfway point in the year, everything should be hitting stride. So they, they've been getting a large dose of the Bengals in prime time. This is going to be as you're hitting stride. And again, you want to hit stride in the second half of the year. So let's go on prime time. Let's take out two of our divisional rivals. I mean, let's go 4-0 in this segment, and things are looking real good for us. All right, so the last segment is going to consist of five games because you play 17 games now, which I love. And it just seemed logical to break it down like this and make this the longest segment. So you have Colts at home, Vikings at home, at Pittsburgh on a Saturday, at Kansas City, a 425 game, home against the Browns to be determined. It's a tough stretch. I think we get by the Colts. I just don't think they're where we're at on the ladder yet. And I think they're still sorting out the quarterback position. The Vikings, you know, they're they're a good team, but I think we're a better team. At Pittsburgh, that's where you have to watch it because it, Pittsburgh could, could be in a position there where they really, really need the game or they're just absolutely out of it with nothing to lose. Either one of those scenarios is going to make them a dangerous team. And that's what I was saying in last episode about those last three weeks. They're killer. At Pittsburgh, never an easy game, no matter how good or bad they are. At Kansas City... Now, Kansas City is coming off a Monday night game against Las Vegas, so they have the short week. That's a little bit to our edge, but we are going into their park. Very hard to win there, although we've shown that we can. And let's keep the Burrowhead stuff quiet. We don't want to give them any more ammunition. Let's just go in there, take care of business, and they, they supplant Mahomes with Burrow on that Mount Rushmore where obviously Mahomes is the chosen one in the NFL right now. Let Joe Burrow beat him down one more time or two more times if we see him in the playoffs. And let's have those roles reversed and everyone's saying Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in football because we do know that. And then last week we have the Browns and I think they're going to need this game more than us, which also makes it a dangerous game. They're coming off a mini buy. They're playing the Jets on a Thursday night, so they're going to have a little extra time to prepare for us. But they are coming into Paycor. And if we need that game for home field or for any reason, they better look out as well. So going over these last five. Worst case, would you think 3-2? and two? I can't see us dropping those last three games. Even last year, our schedule looked so tough on paper, and we just marched through the second half of it. All those tough games, the KC, Buffalo, Ravens, we just took everyone down that was in our way. So it's, it's hard to look at it and say, well, at Pittsburgh, at KC, Browns, you know, you're going to have a hard time winning those. So at worst, 3-2, and two, but let's hope for 4-1 and one here. So just... Not even any of that. Let's just say we go three and one, three and one, three and one, three and two. That's a twelve and five year, probably enough to win the division as long as you beat your rivals and enough to make you a high seed in in the playoffs. But of course, we want to try to get that thirteen fourteen win mark and get home field advantage, so we don't have to worry about going to Buffalo in the cold, even though we conquered it last year, going to KC in that crazy stadium like we did last year. You know, maybe we could take care of business, get a few breaks along the way, show that we are the best team, which I, th- I firmly believe that we are, and get a nice 14-3 and season. But, I mean, looking at it like this, I-, I don't know, can you argue with me when I say 12 wins? Again, just going on teams that don't have as quality of a roster as us. Let's just count them up. And I won't even mention any of the divisional teams. You have Rams, Tennessee, Arizona, Seahawks, Texans, Colts. Vikings, Jaguars, um, come on, I know Vikings first place, Jaguars, miracle playoff win, but they don't have as talented of a roster as us. That's eight wins right there. You take those eight, you split your divisionals, 
Now, I don't think this team is going to backdoor anywhere. I think we're going to be a one seed or a two seed, and we deserve to be that. But if things go sour, if there's injuries, if certain teams play much better than we think they're going to play, even in worst-case scenario, I really can't see us getting less than 10 wins. And it's May, so what can I say in May? Anything can happen. But if you want to take the schedule, which just came out, and do what we all do and predict how we think we're going to do, the unofficial Bengals podcast has the Bengals 10 wins minimum, 15 wins, hopefully, or somewhere in between. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.